What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 100. Holy Hannah. We are at 100 episodes. You guys, this podcast started because you reached out and were like, hey, can you do like a blog or a podcast or something to like talk more about these specific issues? And frankly, I really love to talk. And so a podcast seemed like a good fit. And when we started, I mean, even now, we had no idea what we were doing. I used to record on an app on my phone and just literally record these episodes on my phone and now we have a fancy mic in a not fancy studio I have never evolved into like wearing fancy clothes or taking off my backwards hat so that's still the same and I just want to pause and and say thanks because this podcast is currently in 67 countries around the world and All joking aside, like, it fills my freaking soul to know that folks have access to free tools on this journey and that we can all come together to support one another in raising emotionally intelligent humans, building our own emotional intelligence, co-parenting, so many topics we've had the opportunity to dive into on this podcast and... Honestly, it has continued to grow every month, and we have people like pediatricians recommending these episodes to parents or occupational therapists or speech-language pathologists using the episodes as tools for teachers and parents, and I, it it just fills my heart. I, I feel so grateful that I get to do this and get to bring these episodes to you, and I genuinely feel like we're hanging out in my living room having coffee and chatting, and I love that we get to connect every week and that you welcome me into your earbuds and into the speakers in your car. So many of you have said, like, your kids know my voice because you consume these with them around, and I just want to say thanks. Thank you so much for being a part of this village and for helping me serve other folks and for helping it grow, for helping other folks have access to this. Would you do me a favor today? We're going to do a little giveaway. Can you take a little photo, take a screenshot of this bad boy, if you're tuning in right now, and post it to your Instagram stories or your Instagram feed and tag seed and sow, seed.and.sow. If you put it in your feed and you have a private account, I will not see it. So make sure you send me a DM of a picture of that or send me the post in a DM. We'll do a little giveaway. I can't wait to connect with you guys and see where you're tuning in from. I've had the privilege of meeting a bunch of you in real life and this village just keeps growing and it fills my heart. Let's continue to bring this free resource to people around the world. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And guys, I couldn't think of a better topic than this one. I feel like it is perfect for our 100th episode. Today we're talking about other people's opinions. We have this culture of people pleasing and of not knowing how to advocate for ourselves because we're afraid of offending other people or just taking what other people say to heart 
even if their opinion when we stop and think isn't one that we value. And so we're going to dive into how to navigate this jazz, how to build a skill set where we get to choose whose opinions we value in life and whose we get to let sit by the wayside. It's not other people's job to stop having opinions, and they definitely will not stop voicing them. So this is a skill set that we have to build in order to move forward. Before we dive in, I want to let y'all know that we are less than two weeks away from the deadline for the $100 off your mama's getaway ticket. You guys, we are hanging out at Mama's Getaway Weekend in San Diego, April 25th and 26th, to go deeper into building this toolbox. I'm going to guide our mamas through figuring out what they're bringing to the table, what's coming up from their childhood, from their social programming and cultural context, from the ways we were parented. We're going to dive into things like anxiety and guilt, and we're going to get down and dirty with it, man. We're also going to take a look at your tiny humans. We have an OT coming. My favorite OT from episode four is coming to do a workshop to help you figure out your child's sensory processing and how their sensory systems work and your own sensory processing. And then we can really figure out how to best support them in building emotional development. You know we cannot talk about emotional development without those sensory systems. So we'll be bringing those together. We're going to talk about co-parenting or navigating this journey in a village. And then before you go home, we are going to create a concrete, tangible plan for your family unit. Guys, live events are vastly different than anything else. And I'm so jazzed to dive in with you. Head to mamasgetawayweekend.com for more details and pop in that code early bird for $100 off right now through the month of December. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Today we get to talk about a juicy topic, guys. Today we're hanging out to chat about other people's opinions. Yikes. You know, we're, we have a lot to unpack in this episode, but I I wonder, I, I often find myself being like, in this age of social media, everything is different. And I don't know that that's all true. I think that a lot of the challenges we have today, people have had in the past as well. We just get to talk about them more now. But I do think that other people's opinions, while they've always been around and we've always received them... I think we receive them at a higher quantity now if you're on social media. And it's easier. It's easier to type something into a keyboard than it is to say something to somebody's face. Like, for me, I have to police myself even to be like, oh, if you wouldn't say that to their face, 
do not type that into a keyboard, but that takes a lot of self-reg, man. So when we're, when we're talking about other people's opinions, we're going to talk about a few things here. First, just like in general in life, they're always going to exist. Other people have opinions. I think there's a separation between opinion and judgment. So some folks are going to reach out and be like, wow, here's what you should be doing in parenting, in life, etc. Here's the diet you should be on for this. Here's the, and that's often judgment. Um, if they're telling you, here's what you should do, I feel like that's often a judgment of what you're doing versus what you should be doing. I think it's different if it's their opinion on something, but it's not a judgment of what you're doing. It's their opinion. Either way, it can suck to hear and be really hard to navigate. So many of us are people pleasers. So many of us think that the kind thing to do is to make sure that everyone around us feels okay. And my friend, it's a load of bull. It is not your job or your responsibility to make somebody else feel happy or comfortable. You can be a kind, respectful human, but it doesn't have to be at the expense of you. I think this is actually something that we uh, have really gotten wrong when we talk about empathy, that we're like, oh, empaths, like she's so empathetic and it's so draining. Empathy should not be at the expense of yourself. There is this desire societally to solve problems, right? It's really hard to see somebody struggling or having a hard time and not to offer your opinion because you want to help. As we have shared about this fertility journey, and by we, I mean me, with Zach's blessing, of course, but I know about myself that I do best in community when I, I, I also just couldn't genuinely show up with you guys as me if you didn't know this huge part of my life right now. So as we've shared about this fertility journey, at first, when I first shared on the very first post that I made, it was in June of 2019. I posted a picture of a dollar store bag that had like 20 pregnancy tests in it and said that the best advice that I had gotten as we've been navigating this was to buy a billion pregnancy tests and take one whenever I wanted, even though there are obviously windows where they're more accurate. Just the idea of like, here's something you can do during a time when it feels like there's so much you can't do. And when I shared about that, I also in the, in the post, in the caption wrote, thank you so much for not giving me advice on what we should be doing for this fertility journey. I wrote it right in the caption. I wanted to remind folks that that's not the point of me sharing this because I know that you guys love me. I know that we have this delicious village and that we all care about each other. And in the same way that I love and care about you and I want to support you, 
I know that you feel that way about me and you guys are so freaking kind. And I, I just, I love this village. And I knew that there would be folks who would want to solve this problem for me because they love me. And I wanted to right off the bat, let them know you can't solve this for me. And really what I need and really what's most helpful right now is just empathy and support and, and holding space for the hard feelings that exist here. But other people are always going to have opinions and even folks who like are the most well-meaning who do love me. And even when I put up those captions, I still have people who reach out and are like, oh, have you tried this thing? Because in their mind, they're like, well, maybe she didn't, doesn't know about this thing that I'm about to offer and maybe it could change her life. And Honestly, I've gotten to the place where I feel grateful for that. And there have been some things that have been offered up to me that I've said like, ooh, tell me more about that. And then there have been other things where I've just been like, thanks so much. And I can just move on with it. But my expectation whenever I share something that's hard is that there will be some people who try to solve the problem for me or with me. And I had to get to a place where I realized that it was coming from a place of love. And sometimes, and that's, so this is the case of like on the internet, right? But also in real life, like I have had to say, when I first told my mom, I told her, I was like, listen, this is what's going on. This is where we are. And I, here's like what we're doing. Here's what we're not comfortable doing yet. And I don't, like need anything other than just love right now. So I essentially let her know, like, here's how you can best show up for me. So when we're sharing hard things, I think that that can be really crucial. I will also say there are people in our life who, when I've shared this and even said that too, have still offered up advice. And to be honest, they've been people that I don't continue to turn to. Because they aren't able to just hold space for my hard feelings. My hard feelings make them too uncomfortable. And that's okay. Not everybody has to be that person for us. So I have a list of people whose opinions hold weight in my life. And it isn't like, oh, their opinion on everything holds weight. It's like, okay, I respect this person's partnership and I really look up to it. So I value their opinion, if I turn to them with like, oh, something hard I'm navigating with Zach, or if I'm in a conflict with him and I need to turn to somebody and express and get an outside opinion or perspective or whatever, there are people that I turn to specifically because I respect their ability to show up in this way. There are people that I turn to for financial support. There are people that I turn to for business support. There are people that I turn to for emotional support. There are people I turn to for this fertility journey. There are different people whose opinions get to hold weight in my life. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, 
we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. In order to do this, in order to filter out like whose opinions get to hold weight in my life, there are two very intentional processes that have to happen. The first is self-awareness. I have to know what my worth and my value is and where I derive worth and value. There are two voices inside me here. There's one voice that I call my Zach voice, and that's the voice that, man, he loves the crap out of me unconditionally and can celebrate my like successes and wins and victories in life in a way that isn't about uh, my value, but he can just show up for them. But if tomorrow, if all of this went away tomorrow, if I didn't have the masters, if I didn't have any accolades, if I was never featured in the Washington Post, like if all of the things that have happened, if none of them had happened, he would love me just the same and he would value me and he would see me as worthy. And so as I've been doing work on my own worth and value, I have been trying to cultivate that voice. How would Zach respond to me right now? How would he treat me? And really working toward that being my inner voice. I have another voice that is my currently my Alyssa voice that is about how many people have you affected? When I was teaching in a classroom, I was like, oh, I'm only affecting seven kids right now. And so then I became a director of a school. And then I was affecting 70 kids. And it still wasn't enough. And then I, and it just like, I was so focused on on numbers and that the goal constantly moved. And I can drive often my worth or my value in, did I help enough people today? Did I do enough? And when the goal constantly moves, the answer is always no. I was actually watching an interview with Mr. Rogers, and it was towards the end of his journey. And he was being asked about like his impact and if he really understood how much how great of an impact he'd had. And you could hear in his responses that he didn't feel like he'd done enough. And I saw that and I was like, man, I don't, I don't want that. 
I don't want to get to the end of my journey whenever that is and to feel like I haven't done enough, that I am not worthy because I haven't done enough. So there are some people who their opinions, when they share them, trigger the conversations that I'm already working on in my head about worth and value. If it's something you're currently working on, if it's an insecurity that you have or something that inside your heart you already are struggling with, when someone else says it to you, gosh, it stings. It's so hard. And I think when we're talking about other people's opinions in terms of parenting, there's not one human walking this planet that I have met that feels 100% confident in all of their parenting choices and is like, yep, I know I'm crushing this. So when somebody else questions what you're doing, there's a good chance you already have those questions inside. There's a good chance you're already saying like, no, of course I don't know if this is 100% the way to do this because it turns out in life you don't get to find that out until way later when they're grown or growing and you start to see Sometimes you get little snippets. Sometimes you'll get the three-year-old who you've been doing this work with and they go up to their friend and they validate their friend's feelings or they acknowledge their own feelings and they regulate and they ask for time or space to breathe and find their calm. And you're like, yes, oh my gosh, yes, this is working. And it can feel so validating in those moments. But there are so many moments every single day, you will leave every day being able to recount the ways that you weren't perfect. I would put money on it. And if not, you're superhuman and I've never met you. Every single day, I could tell you the ways that I wasn't perfect. So other people's opinions, if they highlight that part of you that you're already feeling insecure about, gosh, it's so hard because you're like, dude, I know, yeah, over and over again in my head, I'm, I'm saying that same thing to myself. If somebody says something to me or has a critique or has an opinion that isn't something that I am insecure about or that I'm already struggling with or working on, it doesn't hold the same weight. Like I feel like a very driven human. And so if you were like, oh, Alyssa, you aren't driven enough to reach these goals or whatever, like that wouldn't hurt me because I'm like, well, I just don't believe that to be true. But if you were like, oh, Alyssa, I mean, one of the big things for me in the past like year and a half-ish, maybe like two years now, I have been more mindful of the way that I talk to myself about my body and the relationship I have with my body and food. And so if somebody is critiquing that part, like what I'm eating or what... I for sure feel triggered by it. And I have to acknowledge that it's hitting my ego. And I think ego gets a bad rap, but ego can communicate with us about what's going on inside, what our subconscious is doing. And if it hits your ego, you'll know. <laughs> there can be this desire to like either puff up where you're like, nope, I'm going to stand my ground and now I'm going to be in conflict with this human or to fall into the people-pleasing mode where you beat yourself down and you take that hit so deep. It's, it's kind of like the idea that you get a hundred compliments about your parenting, but that one comment that is negative 
or that hits you in a place, an area in which you're already working, you'll remember that one. The thing with other people's opinions, though, is that they aren't all bad. Like, we, I think, get nervous about hearing feedback because so many of these things we're self-critiquing already or because we want to be perfect. And y'all, there's no such thing as perfection. We are here for intention, not perfection. But so in the same way that when some people reach out and they're like, hey, have you, for, for instance, acupuncture, when someone reached out and was like, hey, when I was navigating fertility, like I found acupuncture to be really helpful. Here are the ways that it helped me. Uh, let me know if you want to learn more. And I was like, actually, yeah, tell me more. And now I've been doing acupuncture for months and I also, I really love it. But that like, I'm grateful that I didn't just dismiss it, that I was in a place where I could say, hmm, maybe, and sometimes for me, it's hearing somebody's opinion and then not reacting or responding, just like, great, thanks, or I'll get back to you, thanks. And then being able to have time and space to really reflect and find my calm and re-access re my prefrontal cortex and realize or decide for myself, like, is this something I'm going to value? Is this something that I'm going to choose to hold close to my heart here? And there's a couple of, this is the self-regulation part, is the ability to like pause and reflect and participate in reflective practice. Reflective practice for me is a non-negotiable because it is a time where I'm no longer feeling, I'm not like in the moment anymore and I can look back with a different perspective because now I can access my prefrontal cortex, my rational thinking brain, and I can analyze and say, why did that hit me so hard? Is that something that I'm already feeling insecure about? Do I feel like maybe they're right about parts of this? Is it the way they delivered the information? What is it that's like sticking with me here? And how do I feel about it? Do I want to learn more? I had a friend who reached out recently about uh, vaccines. And she was like, I just kind of need to vent or share about this. She was choosing not to do the flu vaccine. And it was driving a wedge between her and family members. Uh, the family members were critiquing her ability to parent these kids because of this choice she was making. And ultimately, a lot of the times when we're hearing somebody's opinion, especially if it's somebody who cares about us or loves us, and it's strong, I want to ask, what are they afraid of? So this mama was like, well, I'm afraid of the stuff that's in the vaccines and putting more things into my kid's body that I'm not convinced is going to help them and potentially could hurt them. And I was like, all right, and what's their fear? And she was like, well, their fear is that if they don't get this vaccine, that they could get the flu and get really sick and that it could be dangerous for them. So both parties felt so strongly because they love these kids so much and they're concerned about their health. They will not come to a common ground on this. However, I think that if mom can turn to them and acknowledge, I know that you love them and that you're scared that if they don't get this vaccine, that it could be dangerous for them. I love how much you love my kiddos. 
They're so lucky to have so many people who love them. I think when we can start with feeling identification and validation and letting them know, like, I totally see where you're coming from. If you want to learn more about why we're choosing not to and what my fears are, I'm happy to discuss it with you. Otherwise, I don't want to continue this conversation. We cannot fight feelings with facts. If somebody is coming at something because of a strong feeling, often fear can drive this, you're not going to out-fact them. The next part of that journey for that mama was noticing when the opinion of the other people or opinions of the other people were starting to hit her heart in a place where she was questioning her parenthood, her parenting choices, her ability to be a mom to these kids. And then to be able to pause and regulate and breathe and truly ask herself, what do the facts say? What, de- what decision do I want to make for my kiddos? But you've got to regulate first before you can navigate that part. It's really getting cozy here with the fact that you aren't going to make everybody happy. And that's okay. Mama's Getaway Weekend tickets are officially live. And guys, for the month of December, you can get $100 off your ticket with the code EARLYBIRD. So what's Mama's Getaway, you might be asking? Don't you worry, babe. I got you. Mama's Getaway Weekend is a weekend where moms gather together for four workshops with me. We dive into reparenting your adult self. Who are you? How'd you get here? We talk about things like anxiety and guilt and how to navigate these bad boys. We look at our own adult emotion processing so that we can learn how to regulate and respond with intention rather than reacting. We look at, okay, great. Now what if you're regulated? How do you actually respond to these tiny humans? We go in depth on how to build emotional intelligence. We also talk about co-parenting and what it looks like if you're coming at this thing with different approaches or maybe you had different upbringings, different opinions on how to handle some stuff. How do you navigate that? What do you do about conflict? And then before you go home, We create a concrete, tangible plan for you to implement when you get back there. Because if you're anything like me, I would go to like conferences and I'd get super jazzed and all pumped up and then I'd go back home and I would just fall right back into old patterns and habits and routines. And so this plan that we create together is customized for your family unit so that you have tangible tips and tricks to start to implement right when you get home. Guys, I want to help you really enjoy this journey. I want you to feel like you are enough because babe, I know that you are. I see you all the time. I see you putting in the work and the effort to build your toolbox so that you can show up as the person, parent, partner that you wanna be. This weekend is my absolute favorite weekend. We also are going to have a couple guest workshops where we're talking about sensory regulation in these tiny humans and how to help these kiddos build a healthy relationship with food. If you are ready to dive in 
and snag your ticket, head over to mamasgetawayweekend.com to grab it while this deal is smoking hot. For $100 off, put in the code EARLYBIRD and act fast. This is for a limited time only. Come join us in San Diego, California, April 25th and 26th. Can't wait to see you there, sis. Gosh, it's so freaking hard to accept. It's so hard to accept. What what would make my mom the happiest thing in the world is if we moved home. If we lived like down the street or in her house for that matter, and she got to see us all all the time, etc. And it's okay with me if she isn't happy all the time because I chose not to live down the street from her. It doesn't mean I love her any less. It doesn't mean I respect her any less. I'm just not responsible for her joy. I can treat her with love and kindness and respect and not be responsible for her feelings. And this is how I feel about pretty much everyone in the world. I will show up and treat you with love and kindness and empathy and respect. I think that all of us have good intentions. I truly at my core believe that. I think all of us have good intentions. And a lot of us make decisions or react from a place of feeling without self-regulating. How many times have you been in conversation with someone and they've said, oh, I know I shouldn't say this, but I heard a grandparent say it recently. And I was like, I just like chuckled to myself. I'm like, man, if you know you shouldn't say it, then regulate, babe. But she couldn't. She didn't have the skill set to self-regulate. She didn't. She had the awareness that I know that I'm not supposed to put this on them. And she didn't have the self-regulation. And so that's fine. That's where you get to just acknowledge for yourself. She doesn't have that self-regulation and she doesn't have to agree with your opinion here or your decision here. That's okay. It's totally okay for us to have differing opinions. There is not one human on this planet who I would make the same decision that they have for every decision that they make. There's not one. Not Zach, not my parents, not my siblings, not my in-laws. We will all have a different opinion on multiple things to come. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. 
I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. My job is to bring awareness when I feel like my ego is under attack to be able to notice like, yikes, that one hit me in the heart. What's going on for me here? I wonder why that one hurt so bad. What insecurity did they just trigger? What fear did they just trigger? Because there's also not one human walking this planet that's like, yep, I have all the answers and I am 100% confidently navigating life. I know exactly the foods that I should be eating that fuel my body. I know exactly how to respond to every human. I know exactly the right school choice for my kid. I know exactly how she learns and how to best parent her so that she can be a strong, independent woman. I know exactly how he best regulates. There's not one human that is walking around with all of this confidence. And if that's you, man, I would love to sit down and have lunch with you and get to know how that's happening. I was in a workshop. I was giving a workshop recently and a mom was sharing like, oh man, so much of this I never got. I... I didn't get these tools. And I was like, babe, you're in the majority here. Most of the people walking this planet right now who are parents didn't get these tools because a lot of this research is really new. And just in the same way that we put kiddos in different car seats now than we were in as kids, we're doing some things differently when it comes to emotional development. And that's okay. It's not too late to build this toolbox. But she shared, she was like, I feel like everybody else like has these tools. And I was like, no, (laughs) no way, dude. There are thousands of people in our village and not one human is like, yeah, dude, I'm crushing it. I have all these tools and I'm perfect at it. No way. This isn't about perfection. It's a constant learning journey. So bringing awareness first to like, what is happening in your body when you're hearing opinions from other people? Is this an opinion that gets to hold weight in your life or is it one that you now work to process? And working to process is where the regulation and coping comes in. This is where we say like, okay, this person's opinion doesn't get to stay here in my heart. And in order to process it, I'm going to identify what it triggered so that I can identify that within myself and say, man, this is something I'm working on. I am feeling insecure about being a working parent and the amount of time that I feel like I'm away from my kids, and it's already something I'm critiquing myself over. And so when this person said that rude comment to me or asked if I wanted to stay home, it triggered this insecurity for me that I don't feel like I am am doing enough to support them because I am working, right? So also, this is just an example. Maybe that one triggered you. Lean into it, babe. I hear it on every side of the coin, and I hear it mostly from moms. In fact, I've never had a dad reach out and say that they have a working dad's guilt or stay-at-home dad's guilt. But I hear this often from moms that if they're staying at home, they're like, I feel like... They're not being exposed to other kids in school. I feel like I'm not doing enough with them. I feel like 
they aren't seeing a working woman. I feel like I get all this from stay-at-home moms and from working moms. I get a whole other group of insecurities and fears. And then the like work from home mom, there is not a bucket you can fill where there doesn't seem to be hard feelings to navigate. But say somebody triggered you in this, then you get to lean into it and say, man, what do I want my inner voice to be? What do I actually feel is true? Maybe you're like, you know what? I know that when I go to work, I crush it at work and I feel confident there and it fills my cup and it helps me show up as a better parent. I know that I am not a human who wants to stay home and be with kiddos 24-7 because I would get drained and I would end up reacting instead of responding. I know that I take pride in my work and I feel powerful and I feel confident and I feel like I am showing my kiddos that women can work and be parents too. Or I feel like I add value in providing financial support for our family. Or I feel proud of myself for working in a field that serves the world. Whatever it is, like you get to go back to why did I choose this? And then my kids are cared for by someone who is choosing to be with them every day so that when I pick them up, I can be present and supportive and loving with them. And they're being exposed to different social scenarios and different boundaries. And you get to learn from other caregivers and continue to build your toolbox here. Maybe that's the narrative you then tell yourself because that's your truth. And if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're, you, whatever it is that was triggered in you, you get to come back to what is the narrative that I want replaying in my head. So when someone triggers for me that I haven't done enough to serve, um, when I share like, oh, I'm creating this new thing, or I will use Mama's Getaway as an example. I was like talking with someone about Mama's Getaway Weekend, and she was like, oh, well, it's just too expensive. But then it's only available to a certain income bracket of women. And it triggered for me where I was like, oh, shoot, like how do I make this more accessible to women? And then... I had to go into my regulation mode and say, no, Liz, I'm proud of this. And this is a place where people can dive deeper into this work. And there's so much free information. Y'all are listening to this for free right now. I post every day on Instagram. We create graphics. I do lives. We do weekly emails to support y'all. We have freebies. We have so much free information available to folks that, you know what, Alyssa, you are allowed to charge money for your work and you're allowed to charge what it costs to do it to make that happen and to make it the best possible thing that it can be to continue to bring quality experts and make mamas get away a truly amazing experience. It costs money to do it and it's okay for people to pay for that. I had to rewrite that narrative in my head because what had been triggered for me was you're not serving enough folks. And I know in my rational brain, when I can pause and breathe and think about it, that I am, that I serve folks for free all over the world every single day, that this podcast is in 
over 65 countries and totally for free and that we that it actually costs me money to produce but that we continue to do these things for free because that is important to me and that it's okay to have things that people pay for i have to rewrite that narrative in my head and let me tell you something the only people who have ever questioned to my face at least me charging for things are women ladies we are worthy of getting paid for our work if that's something that's hard for you too. Now there's one group of opinions that we have not yet talked about. One category here. These are the opinions that no one has said to us that are hypothetical that we have created in our head. This is the one where your kid throws a tantrum at the grocery store and you feel like the people around you are judging you because your kid is expressing a hard emotion. I want you to imagine you are in this grocery store and you see a parent whose toddler is throwing a giant tantrum. They're expressing their emotions because they didn't get to pick out the thing that they wanted at the store. What is your actual thought right now when you're the onlooker? If it's judgment, that's on you, babe. That is your own cup of tea to navigate here. I bet for most of you, your thought was empathy. Man, it sucks to be that mom right now. Gosh, it's really hard to be that dad. We have all been there. We have a kicking, screaming kid in a grocery store in a public space, and you are carrying that child out, and it feels like everybody's looking at you, and maybe they are, but I bet what's going through their head isn't. Wow, what a bad parent for letting them feel their emotions. Gosh, I can't believe they don't have control over that child. Y'all, I'm not here for control. I'm not trying to control kids or have obedient kids. The other day we were getting our Christmas tree, and afterwards you could go inside and get free hot chocolate and candy canes, which I think is the coolest thing ever. But I did. I'm inside this store, and it's, like, packed full of, like, other things to buy and... There was a mom and she had three kiddos with her and two kiddos that were between probably eight and 12 and then a toddler. And he was young too, maybe like 15 months. And he's carrying a truck and then he sees a door and it's like they're in line for the cash register. And now he's like, the door is very close to him. He's like laying on the door, trying to get out, crying, sobbing. She's got the hot chocolates in her hand. She's got all these gifts in her hand. So I handed my hot chocolate off to Maddie, my cousin who was there with me. And I was just like, hey, mom, how can I best support you right now? And she's like, I, I got it. And I got, I got it. I can, I can figure it out. And I was like, here, I can hold these toys if you want to pick him up or if you want to support him. And she was like, oh my gosh, thank you. And she's like trying to figure out where to set the things down that she's holding. And so I just like held her stuff. And you would have thought that I had just given her like $10,000. She was so grateful. And I think probably what was going through her head in that moment was everybody's judging me because my kid's throwing a tantrum in this space. And it looks like I don't have control of this kid. And I'm afraid of where this is going to go and what's going to happen and how big it's going to get. And... All I had to do was say, hey, you're not alone in this and let her know I'm not judging you. I'm here to help you. That was it. It was 
literally 90 seconds maybe of my day where I held this stuff. And then her older two kids ended up turning and they took the stuff from my hands. And so then they held it for their mom and she helped the toddler. And then we just left. And I think so often when we're the onlookers, we don't say anything, but I would encourage you to say something, even just like, oh, we've all been there. I know it's hard. Just empathizing so that they know they're not alone in this and people aren't judging you. But if you're on the receiving end of this, it's real hard in the moment. Afterwards, pause and remind yourself, you didn't do anything wrong. Your kid's having a tantrum because they want something they can't have. And it's really hard to admit that kids have hard feelings and it sucks when they have them in public and it would be really convenient if they would just have them behind closed doors when you have a spare 20 minutes <laughs> jokes no one has a spare 20 minutes to navigate it but in reality they're human and you're human and other people's opinions of you do not matter they don't you still get to choose hey i'm doing the best i can today and you continue to work to do the best you can and open your heart to people's support and to people's feedback when it's something you want to take, when it's something you're curious about, when it's something you're saying, hey, I want to learn more about this. And being able to identify that you are going to hear people's opinions largely when they're trying to solve your problem because we are all problem solvers. We all want to take away someone else's pain. And if we think we have something that they haven't considered yet that could be helpful, it's really hard not to share. A lot of people will not have that self-regulation. So you get to acknowledge that that's exactly what it is. As you move through the holidays and really just the rest of your life, I want you to take this with you. I want you to know that you are crushing this, that you are are enough and that you have value and worth in just exactly who you are and just being you and that it's okay that you don't have all the answers and it's nobody's expectation that you're going to do this with perfection and that everyone around you is also nervous that you're going to see their imperfections and when we can let people know I see you I see you with your imperfections, and I love you, and I think you're amazing. I think that's a beautiful thing, an absolutely beautiful gift. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, Search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. 
Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.